Vermont should change its state motto to CBD oil only. Bernie Sanders couldn't even make Vermont great for potheads on vacation. My four-year-old son says to his older brother, Arthur, sit on my penis. I say, not kosher, baby. Can I get a holla? For album number 15, I think. Who's keeping count at this point? Because the hits keep on coming. And the best is yet to come. Frank Sinatra lives. Holla! Thank you very much. Again, my four-year-old son, Chosen Curls, was bound to woo! Says to his older brother, Archo USA. Arthur, sit on my penis. I say, not kosher, baby. But sit on my penis is a rock-solid, bare-bones line to use in a Russ Myers film. Topless tutors. After little Johnny scores an A+, in his pop quiz on geometry, on top of a pentagram-shaped bed, the director bedded Jane Mansfield and Pryor for devilish dicks. Can I get a holla for the king of high-class B-porn, the late great Russ Myers. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> all my kids talked about all weekend was a scene from Peter Rabbit 2 where a carrot gets jammed up some bloke's ass. Turns out I need to get out of the house more often because when I saw the scene, I yell out with dejected disgust. Where's the penetration? Is this film G-rated or what? Then again, penetration is overrated. That's what Megan Raponi said to her date at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Back to the Future lives. Michael J. Fox forevermore. Holla! Thank you very much! Now, soccer star Megan Raponi is a new fashion model for Victoria's Secret. I can't wait to blow 80 bucks on edible shin guards that taste like hairy fish sticks. Megan Raponi might run for president one day. What's going to be your campaign slogan? Besides, penetration is overrated. Bring back the L word to Netflix, Obama. You're our only hope. Trump lives. Holla! Thank you very much! Learning that my younger brother went weed shopping with my dad at a dispensary in Arizona that I texted my dad the address for after going there myself prior solo was weird. I don't understand why you'd include dad for this first time experience since weed became legal in Arizona. We didn't get high with our dad growing up. Still don't. Our dad has only puffed twice in the past 50 years. Still, the moment weed becomes legal in Arizona, it's very fitting for my dad's favorite son to have that communal shopping experience together. <laughs> While dad utters, don't tell your brother, but this means I love your druggy, degenerate side more. <laughs> At least you still watch ESPN and don't do a podcast defending Trump for free. All British stand-up comedians sound and look like nerdy, neurotic Jews, minus the hardcore, hilarious Jew bone. Sorry. <laughs> At the same time... All English actresses, even the so-so pretty ones, look dowdy dumpy with that makeup frosting caked onto their faces, too. Elizabeth Hurley excluded. Still, every time Elizabeth Hurley opens her mouth in Austin Powers, her measured enunciation rockets her sexiness factor into China, where all the Barry Boners 
from the Ming Dynasty reside next to all the cracking geisha bones their master overlords are forced to hear in Kami hell whenever they're forced to take another bite out of their scorpion lollipop for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Which reminds me, it's hard to get your kid to maintain their belief in the tooth fairy when you keep on blanking on leaving money under their pillow. Last night, daughter says, Daddy, why didn't the tooth fairy arrive last night? And I said, the walk slipped in for a change, all right? Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Stephen A. Smith has a blunt message for the U.S. Olympic basketball team. Vince Carter should teabag your whole squad, poker face, Popovich included, like when he dunked over the French center in the 2000 Olympics for losing your first Olympic match to those froggers from France. <laughs> Granted, America doesn't exist without Ben Franklin convincing the French to give us their money, ships, and troops to defeat those mole-tainted British bastards. Still, I don't care how much Damien Lillard downplays the loss to France, especially when he excuses us losing to France without Tony Parker as a national pride issue. Dude, you're an uppity, glamorized, minuscule jump shooter who instills less fear in NBA opposing players than maternity suits. <laughs> who still gets to dictate more favorable trade destinations and get paid permanent FU corporate America money for life. Regardless, if you become a go-to choke artist, number three option on the Los Angeles Lakers or not. So how is Damian Lillard struggling to drum up some more passionate National pride again. Knowing Willis Reed in the 70s, the captain, had to sell homeowners insurance for Allstate in the offseason before Trump 2020 banners sent Antifa attack home premiums through the roof. How much do you hate NBA players representing our U.S. basketball team today? They lose to France and try to philosophize why they lose with ironic detachment, like Jean-Paul Sartre being interviewed by the Paris Review. France is a very prideful country. Jim Morrison is buried there, man. Dice hijacked his entire Buddy Love persona from Jerry Lewis's Buddy Love character in the original Nutty Professor, actually. Tenor saxophonist Chet Baker scored a new lease on life in Paris during his resurgent smack attack years. Did you know that? Russ Meyer, famed writer-director of B-Busty flicks, such as Faster Pussycat Kill, lost his virginity to a French prostitute on the house as a gift from Ernest Hemingway after working as a combat photographer documenting the U.S. defeating those Nazi scum tweaked on crystal meth till the end. Music. Is your only friend till the end? Jim Morrison lives. Holla! Thank you very much! Reporter for ESPN says, Damien, you just mentioned all wildly successful Americans in the arts in relation to their embrace in France. Why not mention Miles Davis? Miles was actually all smiles in Paris for a change. 
He even faced the audience once when Bridget Bardot insisted he'd spew his beautiful black pride over her busty brassiere that went on longer than John Coltrane jerky solos at Birdland going cuckoo for more sheets of puffed up sound in his honor. Can I get a holla for some love supreme? Love supreme holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> a reporter from Breitbart interjects. But Damien, your boy, Obama be good, got his presidential puppet in place. Dominion. Lawsuits. And promises of more mask muzzle mandates working in his favor to overshadow the election stolen from Trump in the media and government. Your site got what it wanted. Law and order is deader than Portlandia's campy appeal of yesteryear and IFC reruns. Since your precious Democratic Party let Antifa burn your jewel of a city into the ground, turning every day in Portlandia now to burnout day. So shouldn't you at least pretend to be more prideful than the French? Because at least we don't have old ladies in the street slapping our fake news leader in the White House in the face just yet. Come to think of it, only an eight-year-old redhead with pigtails will get that close for a clean shot. Isn't that right, Slick? Strawberry Shortcake lives. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Did you know Olympic athletes who won a gold medal today had to put the gold medal on themselves. If I'm an African-American who killed myself for eight years to finally win the gold only to have myself put the gold medal around my own neck, I'd rather hang myself with it instead before hanging myself in my hotel room later with my gold medal. I'd yell up on the podium. Could it some disc thrower from Japan throw the medal around my neck and I'll catch a death star in my teeth in the process and go, resist this! Holla! Thank you very much! Fuck! CDC social distancing guidelines on the new and improved Iron Mike, you fear-mongering mass motherfuckers. The elusive image, my black glorious chiseled neck being draped in Olympic gold by some lowly white European beneath me who vacations five weeks a year sunbathing in Capri kept me going. The running up sand dunes in the dead of winter like marvelous Marvin Hagler did. My driving vision, the plot past, all the pain, incessant loneliness, and faded memories of black grandma's chicken fried steak was that gold medal draped around my neck like George Foreman and Sugar Ray Leonard before me. It's time to cash in on my well-earned gold medalist privilege already. You COVID crazed crackers. I fought myself out of South Central, a single parent home, and rampant violence every step. I took from sunrise to sunset. I'm not sweating an itchy esophagus at this round of the game. Vape pens kill more of my people in South Central in their teens than the made in Wuhan virus did. That's right. I said it. Made in Wuhan. Biden can't censor me up here on the podium. Pelosi can't suck my blood 
like a bat out of hell from my spot at the top. Social distance yourself from these nuts, you raggedy old bitch. I voted for Trump, motherfucker. My pops saw Tyson knock out Michael Spinks at the Atlantic City Convention Center before Tony Soprano made a large-scale seed investment into the Bada Bing in South Jersey. Dice lives. Oh, I can't take no more. Holla. James Gandolfini forevermore. Thank you very much. I'm so sick of hearing get the vaccine shot for the kids pitch. Especially for my father because his alleged concern over my own increased fatality rate without the stab is glaringly secondary. <laughs> my dad's interior monologue reads like this. Stay at home dads have no freedom to begin with. So what special life does my first son care about preserving exactly? The kid has been on shit removal detail for the past decade and counting. So how much shittier can his life get exactly? Although, for some warped reason, my son gives his mother grief for encouraging him to become a garbage man for a living. Shoot for shit, my son says, is his mother's motto for her least favorite son. (laughs) Like, taking out other people's trash is any different than being on nappy disposal detail for the past 10 years already and counting. (laughs) At least in the sanitation department, my firstborn, still don't know how we're related, will get paid to throw shit out for a living and can actually cite on-the-job past experience to boast about for an attainable six-figure job of benefits for a change. (laughs) And I only wish three unplanned kids later I can make the claim that President Trump made when he said he never changed any of the diapers for all of his four kids because he was too busy setting them up for life. I only wish I could make that claim because then it would mean that I actually had my shit together for a change and still wasn't a stay-at-home female comedian who's been fired more than a Palestinian slingshot. Jackie Mason lives. Holla! Thank you very much. My wife isn't any better with the get the vaccine pitch because if do it all dad bust gives COVID to our kids. I'll be out in the street with other mass murderers who got early release from Rikers Island because thug lives matter most even among those accused of double homicide with the intent to kill again and again. Get the vaccine shot for the kids. Marvelous Marvin Hagar. An epitome of peak physical prowess. Died of a heart attack after getting a second stab. And went down harder than any flurry of one-two punches. Tommy the Hitman Hearns ever unloaded on his face. (laughs) I'll take my chances. Stop acting like unvaccinated people are putting you at risk in your swingers club. As if they just came back from a... Barebacking tour of shemales with Bill Maher in Mardi Gras for the last mile of the three-legged tour of Mount Waramia. Holla! I had to Google that mountain range in Brazil. Thank you very much! <laughs> this morning, I negotiated a temporary ceasefire agreement with my wife before we take our kids for a little trip to Vermont later this summer. When we visit the Ben & Jerry's factory tour, I tell my wife, I'll stockpile barbed one-liners to unload after the tour is over. Then the gloves come off, babe. Don't Ben & Jerry know that a two-state solution is impossible if Hamas 
keeps fucking. The only thing occupying Palestinian territory is AP News for them to do another hit piece on Israel, refusing to be pushover, putsy. Sorry. <laughs> Next time Hamas launches 5,000 rockets into Israel's backyard, expecting nothing in return but an edible arrangement gift basket with the thank you note written in Farsi. Personally, I can't wait for the Graveyard Factory Tour, Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavors no longer in production. Like the Tonight Show one. Wait a minute. They still make the Tonight Show one. Despite the stone cold truth about how Jimmy Fallon's writers hate since he humanized Trump on TV by tussling his hair knowing a real-life skinhead never emerged. I wonder if Ben and Jerry discontinued the Aloha Macadamia line because Michelle Obama demanded they replace Obama's favorite Samoan nuts with almonds that grew on George Clooney's Lake Cuomo estate instead where the ex-president is forced to feel like a second banana regardless because at least Clooney's Oscar win didn't feel like a participation trophy the way he did when Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize for rebranding ISIS ISIL so they sound more startup friendly in the New York Times and why did Ben and Jerry kill off purple passion fruit did Prince threaten to sue them for copyright infringement while getting its ruffled tux bent all out of shape who ordered the hits on Holy Cannoli? Did Phil Rizzuto demand they change the name to Holy Cow? I think Meatloaf is going to make it. Can I get a holla for Bat Out of Hell? Rock Masterpiece. Roger Waters, suck it off a long time. Well, does it compare? American made, baby. Holla! Thank you very much. <laughs> Do Ben and Jerry realize Trump past prison reform by the time Jared Kushner creams into Ivanka whenever she talks dirty to him in Mandarin on his birthday again. Poison lives. Holla! Thank you very much! And if Ben and Jerry were so concerned with investing in communities of color, why would they keep their corporate headquarters in Vermont? Vermont is whiter than Larry Bird's Fake news basketball camp for higher hopping authority in French Lick, Indiana. Hoosiers lives. Holla! Thank you very much! On the website it says, Ben and Jerry supports voting rights. Assuming you think Dominion machines, questionable accounting procedures are on the right side of history the day before democracy died or not. Voter ID is racist. Does Julio from the Barrio have to pass a sudden height requirement in Georgia that I don't know about yet? Jerry? Now, that's gold, Jerry. Seinfeld lives. Holla! Thank you very much! How do Ben and Jerry define racial justice exactly? The USA basketball team losing to France in the first round because the NBA is down with supporting... Bug lives matter no matter what. I'm all for LBGT rights. Like Ben and Jerry. 
yet don't you think they'd agree that drag queen reading hour can be a tad freaky for our kids, knowing how hard it is to look flattering fresh under fluorescent library lights. What's climate justice, according to Ben and Jerry? Greta Thunberg causing more eco-anxiety to go viral again? Because a doorman can't keep a typhoon from taking out a private equity director's penthouse overlooking Central Park East. Twin daughters are popping melatonin gummies up late in a school night again because they're consumed with eco-anxiety. Dad comes home at 10 after a pricey client dinner at 11 Madison Park and yells at his nanny. Why are the kids still up? Let me guess. Fucking Greta Thunberg again? That sweaty brow bitch. Sorry I didn't take a city bike to my five-star client meal at 11 Madison Park so I could avoid smelling like shitty commercial weed from head to toe. Does Greta know Leo still uses plastic straws for blow at the Viper Room? Only to hear last call from the bathroom stall while yelling, Where's Hunter? Holla! Thank you very much! Plus, I hate those fucking straws made out of bamboo. Avocado pits and pea protein enzymes used for Bill Gates golden retrievers as four eyes hogs up all the pricier tomahawk ribeye cuts for himself. I don't care how many sea turtles die because I don't want to chip a tooth while sucking down an Arnold Palmer during Lent again. Okay, Dennis Lurie lives. Holla! Thank you very much! What do refugee rights mean to Ben and Jerry? Squatting rights outside of Ben and Jerry's corporate office for a stage photo op whenever the UN is scheduled for a VIP-only tour? <laughs> what sort of care package do Ben and Jerry offer refugees who flee to their stores for a taste of bloated, smug, served heaven? <laughs> a Ben and Jerry coffee mug with no pristine, locally sourced agua in it? Until... They put in a 10-hour workday off the books, mopping up after fat white kids sloppier than Joe Biden after forgetting to wash down his Adderall with his extra fierce bottle of Gatorade first. Holla! Thank you very much! My wife's good friend from college is taking up micro-dosing magic mushrooms on a daily basis around her kid. But she's also in the process of Undergoing marriage therapy sessions, too. So, doesn't that make getting the giggles more difficult to achieve? When you've seen sweeping, heart-pulsating the tale how much her son inherited that droopy, defeated sense of disgust with life already. <laughs> Especially since the indie rock artist reinvented himself as a software engineer, which is a far cry from banging out more gold records and shrieks of joy from shrieking female fans because only ugly girls go to coding boot camp. Plus, the typical Pearl Command line isn't massage my carpal tunnel Ho, I'm tired of my dad using the anti-Semite excuse every time he isn't embraced warmly. By strangers, <laughs> perhaps my dad will be embraced more 
warmly by strangers in restaurants if he wasn't so stingy with complimenting the chef for getting his lobster roll prepared by the time he reminds his firstborn how he hasn't gotten an agent yet again. <laughs> it's hard for me to get aroused by the Amazon show Man from the High Castle. It's like getting excited about watching the reality show finale for the amazing master race. <laughs> Knowing you're bound to get blue balls regardless, assuming you're not a self-hating, sellout Jewish propagandist for the fake news New York Times. I'm not comparing lamented vaccination cards to being forced to wear a gold star on my Ted Baker button-down shirt. But talk of mass mandates, regardless if you've been vaccinated or not, lowering the eligible age for kids to get the jabs, and door-to-door peddling of pandemic shots, all feels a tad fascist force to me. (laughs) I won't follow the Nazi experimental science that's not even FDA-approved, resulting in 6,000-plus deaths when I've been smoking weed out of a metal bat on and off till I discovered edibles from the Berkshires only 45 minutes away, and my lungs feel great. Dice lives. Holla. Thank you very much. I think most Americans are painfully aware of the media's COVID freakout scare tactics than ever before. For example, the other day, my wife had me watch Gordon Ramsay cook a bean and hash brown dish with some pork in it. I said, babe, I can use the fake news pancetta you got from Whole Foods once. That stuff was delicious. She says, why do you have to describe everything as fake news every other two seconds? I said, what did we learn from the Mueller report again, babe? Oh, yeah. Mueller only parts his hair with good old-fashioned elbow grease. And anyone who voted for Trump has been declared a domestic terrorist by the FBI while the peaceful insurrectionist protesters at the Stop the Steal rally remain beaten, bloodied, and tortured within their whole of death for daring the protests against the lack of hard scientific data that will lead any American with a brain left to believe Mr. Groper got more votes than Obama <laughs> when his campaign rallies couldn't even fill out the Little Mermaid's clamshell bras. <laughs> Fuck Disney own Fox 2. COVID scare tactics won out. So did systematic voter fraud. But Jesse Owens didn't run Hitler's master race theory into the ground for nothing. And my Jewish grandfather didn't die from cancer, radiation after World War II, so Megan Raponi can kick Nazi destroyers in the nuts by taking a knee for fake news fro Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> who still got cut the biggest unemployment check by the NFL ever recorded. What? Colin Kaepernick sports a fake news fro. Have you ever seen a biracial afro that large before? Slash tried to grow it out, and it was a total flop. Now, we the people know the score. Americans love winners, not cheaters. Americans love 
the champion, the underdog. Americans ended slavery. Africa and China didn't. Palestinian nationalists support terrorists in charge to bleed the UN for all it's worth. Americans love American pride almost as much as our kids' futures. And there's zero future to be giddy about unless Dominion voting machines become kaput. Fixing worldwide election fraud once and for all. So, we the people can pounce on our pursuit of happiness again with less jaded, weighed down, gold, dim hearts. USA! 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 Holla! Thank you very much! Lifeguards triggering. <laughs> Biden has ruined lifeguards for me. Add going out to ice cream with my kids without thinking of him crapping in his nappy mask again because Jill won't let him wear her pantyhose around his face instead because she hasn't owned any since Ann Taylor rung the bell at the New York Stock Exchange in the summer of 89. Brian Adams lives. Holla! Thank you very much! Mr. Groper has also ruined reading alt-right branded website articles about Americans trusting the media less than the integrity in our Supreme Court since they let democracy die under their BLM bust and move watch. Young MC lives forevermore. Holla! Thank you very much! Refusing to judge on election fraud, the Supreme Court has helped Antifa light up the record books for doing nothing to stop them extending the longest pyromania stretch into adulthood ever recorded post-ISIS and the Crusades. But seriously, Biden has made it impossible for me to even try to warm up to another dopey, smug, yet blank-brained lifeguard ever again who's whiter than James Corden after Brian May jams a carrot up his ass for karaoke, carpool, for bottom girls love to be pegged by anything sharp and pointy, veggies included, or else you can't have your pudding, you tubby, slovenly, sellout, establishment bitch. Pink Floyd, wall lives. I think Roger Waters got over his father dying at this point. What do you think? Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Flinch Club. We need to knock on doors to get people vaccinated. And blowhard Trump was the fascist dictator in charge who launched biological warfare on his own precious economy. I hate the Biden administration more than Jen Psaki's strawberry shortcake White House housewarming gift for Mr. Groper. As if it was nicotine gum to quell his cravings around 
inhaling her hole in the Oval Office with the lights turned down low. Bob Marley lives. Holla! Thank you very much! The Tokyo Olympics, as you know, are being held with no spectators. Just like the NBA Finals without Drama Queen Diaries in it. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> My four-year-old son, Chosen Curls, was bound to woo. Hits me in the stomach as I encourage him to do so until I have zero beer belly protrudage left to hit. My father, gracing us with his presence, sitting next to us in the lawn chair, says, don't hit your daddy. I say, it's okay, dad. I'm teaching my son to be a fighter, not a flincher. My dad says, fine, but don't hit me, Samuel, or I'll hit back. Typical Democrat reply, threaten and attempt to intimidate those deemed smaller in stature than you. Even if they play with Fisher-Price made pickup trucks. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Personally, I think my four-year-old son, Samuel, could break Grandpa's glasses in two if he tried. My son flicks five-pound free rates with these. Like they were pistachio nutshells flicked at Andy Dick's head at the Viper Room Passed out two hours before the ball drops on New Year's Eve. Heaven for my four-year-old son is watching Rocky training montage sequences on YouTube with his daddy. Next time my dad tries to disparage decent news about Christian lit agents sucking off my excellent pitch letter or my very funny sample chapters from the coach tearing... Comedians, all to reply with, Who cares? My little fighter will say to Grandpa, You tried knocking Daddy down? Why don't you try knocking me down? Daddy calls me hardcore hunger for a reason. Go for it. Rocky Five lives. Can I get a holla? For some more primo Gen X references. Gen X dads understand and beyond. Holla! Thank you very much. The fearless maniac. Remember your dad taking you sledding? Yeah, I don't either. I do recall the red flying saucer sled, which never achieved anything close to resembling manic speed compared to my four-year-old son on his new snow screamer which is slicker than Michael Jackson's moonwalk before we learned how the king of pop got away with murdering ages of innocence like a smooth criminal. Also, if Michael Jackson were alive today, Monique, how would he defend himself against his Neverland accusers exactly? All the Beatles Royalty points in the world can buy me love. I shared a video of my son, Samuel. Hardcore Hunga. A.K.A. Chosen Curls was bound to woo! Sliding down a huge hill on a local golf course on his new Snow Screamer. 
with my mom, who lives in Arizona, with the headline, Winter Loving, Having a Blast. Sometimes I can't help being a passive-aggressive cunt to my mother, <laughs> knowing her standard line this time every winter in February is, How are you handling the cold weather, Scoops? <laughs> Growing closer to my three, Cochetarian, Comedian Children, the more laughs and yummy dances I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Chicago lives. Holla! Thank you very much! Also, doesn't my mom realize it would be an equal poor taste if I were to text her this summer? How are you handling melting to death in Arizona? Under that August sun again, Mom. <laughs> Have you fried up a chorizo egg scramble on your side patio towel yet? <laughs> Is it hard to block out the smell of burning rubber from your Nike flip-flops mask on or not? <laughs> My mother's reply to the sledding video, her grandson whizzing down the golf course at ridiculous speed was, he's fearless. And she had no clue about the peach Linzer tart Hardcore Hungered Treat Trophy. I got him afterwards in his honor. Of his obvious bravery. And his hardcore metal edge. Knowing he wasn't wearing any freezy, freaky gloves. And only wearing a thin layer of pajama pants on too. <laughs> I was in a rush. I got all three of my kids to the golf course. For a rapid barrage of sled runs. Before darkness fell. Because I still had to buy some canned pineapple. Later for my plain kosheterian chicken fried rice dish soon after. So the pajama pan oversight on my part only enhanced my four-year-old's hardcore hunger appeal. Fearless. But my mother hates her grandson's need for a floaty in their Arizona state pool. Who's gone on record as she refuses to erect another netted pool fence in his honor ever again for our next annual Arizona visit. <laughs> That's right. The pool fence is an eyesore. You think the pool fence my parents got temporarily installed again to prevent their grandchild from drowning to death resemble the barbed wire fencing on the cover of an Ellie Wiesel novel. <laughs> an eyesore. An eyesore is another back tat on Lena Dunham's back fat. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Still, the slight danger element to sledding, or when doing improv in front of a live audience for a graduation show at UCB, we end up playing a gay swamp monster and end up getting howls of approval in return. Got me thinking about the importance of never being too married to whatever your initial dinner dish presentation was without leaving room to make last-minute adjustments. Instead of being held hostage by fear-filled, sealed-in-stone failure forever, Tony Robbins lives. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> it doesn't matter. What my original vision of my dish was, which was to make a kosheterian chicken fried rice dish using pineapple, green onions, and cilantro for some diversified springy adornment crunch on top. Gordon Ramsay lives. Holla! Thank you very much! What matters was keeping myself loose enough on the cooking stage to make a last-minute adjustment. If I were to ever reclaim my kids' respect as a star-powered, do-it-all dad, cook-slash-cochetarian, 
comedian again. Holla! Thank you very much! Whenever you've done stand-up comedy or improv, you become consumed with self-lacerating fury whenever you don't get the intended last. <laughs> Doodle moms also wear their dejection on a sleeve and become progressively pissed off at their kids if their dinner dish, made with love or not, is received with nothing more but sneering disdain from their children. <laughs> Especially if there is a grand vision and a significant semblance of preparation and excessive chopping involved. <laughs> Whenever my kids reluctantly slog through eating another obligatory bite from one of mama's quickly thrown together instant pot dishes with the stems of the cauliflower or thicker than Joe Theismann's ankle after Lawrence Taylor snapped his entire leg off in two back in the day. <laughs> Mama will always attack her dinner table audience for not appreciating its nuance, eccentric, wonderfulness. <laughs> All of a sudden, insisting our three kosher comedian children are a bunch of ungrateful, unsophisticated Twitter twats, <laughs> unworthy of such exotic, rounded goodness. <laughs> but when my wife does this, she divorces herself from any form of self-correcting awareness along the way. Proving she's incapable of introspection, <laughs> which only sets herself up for increased repeated failure and further depreciation of her cooking skills brand again and again. Substitute Mama's attitude with the media establishment today regarding everything. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Look, I used to be just as guilty of blaming the audience when they didn't laugh at my jokes either. But sucking to the core forced me to dig deeper and work harder and make it impossible for the audience to resist sucking off my new and improved Material next time around. <laughs> Another valuable lesson I received from taking UCB 101 is to spend more time actively listening to your scene partner versus force feeding any predetermined shtick, whichever gelled because it didn't arise naturally from the scene being created in real time, which is supposed to be a conversation rooted in your rapidly developing made up reality versus a wrong way. Cringe-inducing monologue U-turn about your rage issues directed towards your mother who called your desire to write a screenplay back then as being too ambitious. <laughs> I've applied these hard-earned lessons to how I innovate in the kitchen with my three kids, which explains why I generate more yummy dances galore than Mama does because I don't blame my kids for being stupid hicks for not loving her brown shit-looking black bean soup, thereby allowing no room for any last-minute improvisational flourish to help win back her kids' interest in giving a shit about what a momentous free creation mama put together next. In other words, you don't grow as a comedian or cook if you're constantly blaming the audience for the sucky reaction to creation again. More importantly, if you care about killing the kitchen, don't become fixated with sticking your dreamy, grandiose, surefire hit creation in your mind. When it doesn't get the immediate, all-consuming, loving reaction you envisioned it would receive. <laughs> you think God was overjoyed with T.J. Miller's fake news stand-up comedy special on HBO? 
Now, so he got him fired from Silicon Valley, forcing him to write some funnier jokes or act outs that don't involve egging himself on stage like a poor man's carrot top minus the six pack of abs, residency in Vegas, and more hilarious hidden gem treasure bits up his sleeve. <laughs> Even good old honest Abe once said, the voice of the people is second only to God, which means the audience will always tell you what's working and what needs work by either their lack of emotiveness, likes on WordPress, <laughs> or SoundCloud, I'm paying attention, bitches, or crushing disappointment worn on their worn-out, dejected faces. <laughs> After one bite out of my kosherian chicken fried rice with a bit of scrambled egg, green onion, cilantro, and pineapple, my daughter's face froze up in real-time disgust. <laughs> All of a sudden, her face was completely motionless, as if she was doing everything in her power to hide her shock of searing disdain for her doodle dad's latest boss creation, but failing miserably to conceal the perplexed, jaw-dropping, abject horror, eating her soul alive at an accelerated rate. <laughs> Granted, my daughter, singing was cornbread, expects me to deliver the goods. And you only get good at anything when you possess a passionate, all-consuming desire to keep your hardcore fans happy. SoundCloud WordPress. I feel ya. Holla! Thank you very much! Again, you only get good at anything when you possess a passionate, all-consuming desire to keep your hardcore fans happy in addition to a burning, manic urge to constantly outdo whatever you did before with over-the-top, fearless relish like any self-respecting, fearless maniac would. Can I get a holla for Nakosha, baby, for finishing strong, long time, all the time. Holla! Thank you very much! Look, I took one final look. My daughter's face. Which screamed, you've got to be kidding me with this shit, Dada. I had to wait till 7 p.m. on a weekday for this shit. How does it take so long just to plop bits of chicken into some oatmeal with some canned pineapple thrown on top? If this rice were any mushier, you could make it to a Jennifer Garner film about rebounding from a breakup with J.J. Abrams on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> so thank God my UCB improv training kicked into full gear as I took my first bite out of my kosherian chicken fried rice bus thinking... My daughter isn't a know-it-all teen bitch in the making just yet. <laughs> I better get creative to save what remnant of respect my daughter has for my doodle dad cooking prowess immediately. I just learned last night that at 10 years old, my daughter is finally achieving puberty and actually receiving uh, breast buds for the first time. And I said to my wife, how is that even possible? I'm still waiting for yours to sprout. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs>
Again, I'm thinking, my daughter isn't a know-it-all teeny twat bitch in the making just yet. She's still only 10. I better get creative to save what remnant of respect my daughter has. My do-it-all dad cooking prowess immediately and fast. Then I dive into the kitchen to grab some sweet chili sauce, which I introduced to my kids recently over some frozen egg rolls mama got from Trader Joe's. To give the standard cheap starter appetizer some much needed, some much needed oomphy zing in the end. The last minute. Improvised. Add-on. In addition, some much needed sweet chili sauce. A Aussie side dish favorite, by the way. Save my dish from dying a premature, depressingly dreary death. Plus, my kids regain faith in their do-it-all dad's improv chops once again. Proving I'll always get by with a little help from my cocheterian comedian friends. Can I get a holla for Joe Cocker being the consummate scene stealer at Woodstock, pre-Jimmy, and sign the family stone? Holla! Boom shakalaka. Thank you very much. The flipper baby side. On February 12th, Samuel, Teddy, Chosen Curls, was bound to woo was born. Compared to his grandmother, Mimi, who was born on February 13th, which finally offered undeniable, certifiable proof that God wasn't picking on do-it-all dad's wife anymore. February 12th is also Abe Lincoln's birthday, which held special significance within the Cornblue family, especially on the southern side, where do-it-all dad's mom hailed from, because their great-great-great-grandfather, Austin Goller, saved his boyhood friend Abe Lincoln from drowning, which is the greatest presidential save since JFK kept Marilyn warm for Bobby. The worst part about the story is how after Abe tripped in a log cabin while crossing Knob Creek in a rush to get home on time for raccoon soup nights, <laughs> he pressured his dear friend Austin to never tell anyone but saving him from drying to death because he had a vision while gasping for air within the limestone lace waters of Kentucky, how one day he'd be the man responsible for helping liberate the black man in the chains of slavery. And he wouldn't be looked upon as a serious saver of them, knowing he was a worse swimmer than they. One time, do-it-all dad held an astrology off among his three kids after Chosen Curls was born between his older brother and sister, Archer USA, and Matilda Singing Rose Cornbluth, meaning they compared famous men and women born on their birthdays. Chosen Curls was bound to woo, had Abe on his list, and Arsenio Hall from Coming to America. Matilda's other younger brother, Archer USA, otherwise known as Number One Capricorn, born on New Year's Day, had Minnie-Me and Paul Revere on his list. And all Matilda had was Peter Sarsgaard, <laughs> prompting her to blurt out and progressively piss off disgust. I don't like this astrology off anymore. Nobody I love, like Shakira or Mel Brooks, was born on my birthday. Do it all dead. Gives her added 
unwelcome grief and says, Pisces are very competitive. Holla! Mel Brooks lives. Thank you very much! Now, Chosen Curls is bound to woo. We're stuck in the wrong way within his mama's womb with his feet facing down toward his exit hole. Normally, breech babies were positioned to be yanked out of their mama's fun box feet first or either flipped by a doctor to be pushed out head first or excavated from the womb through a stomach lacerating C-section, which most women would prefer to avoid because if you've seen one alien movie, you've seen them all. <laughs> Chosen Curls was chilling the womb for nine months in the wrong way with his toes tangling with the light closer to Mama's fun box versus the other way around, which he didn't mind one bit, knowing he had great inhalatory baby feet, which looked better than most gross bald baby heads to come out crying out of most vaginas. Not nearly as snugly as this. Mama's womb, housing vagina, otherwise known as her snuggle shine snatch, was so snuggly, her son could take endless naps in it on crystal meth. <laughs> also, Chosen Curls like being a wrong way baby because he would give him bragging rights one day. And eventually performed his first ever reverse somersault in the womb. Knowing his little dad was a self-esteem hampered knock-kneed putts back in the day who got penalized in gym class for toppling over to the side whenever he was forced to try to sit Indian style while sitting out another game of kickball on the sidelines after getting eliminated almost immediately again. <laughs> at the same time, Chosen Curls didn't want his mama's stomach ripped apart because he refused to flip from mama's love out of blatantly premature spite for mama, never encouraging his WWE wrestling career soon after in his pursuit to become the dreamy child offspring of Andre the Giant, Bruce Lee, and Evil Knievel, <laughs> while being billed as hardcore hurting hunger. Holla! Thank you very much! Now, it was showtime. Mama was ready to burst, and this birth wasn't a walk in the park. Compared to his older brother, Archo USA, who popped out easier than a tin of Altoids in one hour flat. <laughs> The nurse encouraged Mama to push. The Chosen Curls was taking his sweet-ass time to transform himself into a real deal, choke-free, flipper baby. Then, Chosen Curls heard his doodle dad's booming voice, more so than usual, pierce through Mama's cervix as he barked. You can do it, Samuel! If Ronnie could do the triple lending and back to school, then you can flip. For mama's love too. Flip. For mama's love. Baby. Especially knowing. How mama. Remained. Freak out free. While being perpetually blah brains. And nauseous. From giving up wine. For nine straight months again. On your behalf. <laughs> also. Mama's vagina 
aka her snuggle shine snatch is fairly broken in at this point. Two kids later, in addition to my Hebrew hammer, nailing her extra good, especially during our sweaty sex period prior, which lasted three months max, leaving a substantial dent prior. Russ Myers lives again. Holla! Thank you very much! So let's get moving before Mama flips you the bird. I flipped him the wrong finger! Richard Pryor lives. Holla! Thank you very much! So let's get moving before Mama flips you the bird and curses your existence forever for you denying her the natural beauty are being yanked out into her arms in one semi-seamless motion versus the alien stomach mauling coming out birth. <laughs> Pretty please. With extra booger sugar for Uncle John. A.K.A. Sir snort a lot on top <laughs> as the delivery doctor grabs Samuel's head. Outside Mama's belly, Chosen Curls performs a seamless reverse baby flip to show his dear data he wasn't born to be a tense baby like a pubescent Albert Brooks in the making and defending your life only for him to grow up becoming a perpetual wound up stress ball on two legs with decades of fear plague tension Embedded within his frozen in time neck. Doodle Dad spots his son's head emerge from Mama's fun, fun, blessed box, <laughs> flush with endless life enriching charms, and cranks up the volume, blaring home stretch. It's the last mile. Cinderella lives. Holla! Thank you very much. One more push, and we're made in the shade. Samuel, made in the shade. Now slide a mama's snuggle shine snatch hard. Ricky Henderson style, old school. Doc pulls Samuel out this time, who emerges into this wildly unpredictable, God-grace, awe-inspiring, beautifying world with a full set of hair. Which puts Doodle Dad at ease, knowing bald babies born with indentations on their heads are gross. Looking like Nurse Jackie dropped them on top of an anvil one too many times after getting the shakes. Because Nurse Jackie is out of methadone again, warns Yvonne Lives. Holla! Splendid isolation. Thank you very much! The nurse. Hands chosen curls was bound to woo to his dear data to hold tightly to his heart. And with his back turned toward Mama, he starts bonding with his lucky number three, saying, Your big sister, female flash singing rose, recognized my voice out of the womb immediately too. I've been in love with you since you were a blip of an alien baby on Mama's ultrasound 
report your brother and sister of the cause. They're going to love you so good. <laughs> Eventually, Mama interjects and says, you weren't housing Samuel for the past nine months. I was. So stop boxing me out for my baby and let me see the face of my beautiful baby boy already. Do it all dad turns around and says, you handled that extremely well, babe. I got carried away hearing my own voice again. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> At least for now, we know it has a calming influence. Unlike a 10-year-old marriage, which is bound to unleash anybody's flip outside. Can I get a holla for some holla? Thank you very much.